we are talking about the judges of Israel. And I've titled tonight's message, The Battle for the Land. The Battle for the Land. And that will make sense to you as we start reading through this passage. Uh, but we've been studying the time of Jephthah judging Israel. And we looked at first that he did not have a perfect family life. Uh, his upbringing was not uh, ideal. And God chose to use him anyways. Uh, last time that we met, which was two weeks ago, we looked at uh, Jephthah giving a chance to the king of the children of Ammon to do the right thing. And we didn't get to his response last time, uh, but we'll see what his response is to that and what he chooses to do. And we also considered last time how God gave us a chance and how blessed we are to be a child of God and how we are given a chance to make things right with God uh, even when we let sin get in the way. Uh, tonight we're going to move forward through Jephthah's time as judge and we're going to see that there is going to be a war and this war when you boil it all down is a war over land. Uh, everyone wants to claim land that God has already chosen a nation to possess it. Uh, so let's get right into it. And my first point tonight is fighting over the land. And we're in Judges chapter 11. And so if you want to turn to Judges 11, and we'll start reading in verse 13. It says, And the king of the children of Ammon answered unto the messengers of Jephthah, because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt from Arnon, even unto Jabbok and unto Jordan. Now, therefore, restore those lands again peaceably. And Jephthah sent messengers uh, again unto the king of the children of Ammon and said unto him, Thus saith Jephthah, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of, the, of Ammon. And we'll stop there for now. Uh, but the king of the children of Ammon, he is demanding some of the land that Israel uh, has at this time. And he's demanding that it be given to him. The land in question is the land that Gad and Reuben possessed after the land was divided unto Israel. Uh, we can see exactly what that land is. He explains it for us in verse 13. Uh, it says, because Israel took away my land when they came up out of Egypt from Arnon, even unto Jabbok, those are both rivers, unto, and unto Jordan, again, another river. Uh, so that is the land we're talking about. It's the land that is between the river Jabbok and the river Arnon. And then on the west coast of that land is the river Jordan. So if you look at your map, and this is a map of when Israel divided all the land up there. So if you look at your map, you'll see uh, to the right of the Dead Sea, um, about halfway up the Dead Sea, you'll see Arnon River. So that's the, one of the rivers we're talking about. If you go north of that, just above Gad, it says Jabbok River. That is the other river we're talking about. So we're talking about the land between the Arnon River and the Jabbok River there, where you see both Reuben and Gad are possessing that land. And then, obviously, uh, the Jordan River there is uh, to the left, or you would say west of that, and that's the west border of the land that we're talking about here. 
Uh, when dividing up the land, these two portions were given to Gad and Reuben, just like you see on your map there. Uh, so if you turn with me over to Joshua chapter 13, we can read uh, where that takes place. Joshua chapter 13, and we'll start in verse 8. With whom the Reubenites and the Gadites have received their inheritance, which Moses gave them beyond Jordan eastward, even as Moses the servant of the Lord gave them, from Aor, that is, upon the bank of the river Arnon, and the city that is in the midst of the river, and all the plain of Medeba unto Dibon. And all the cities of Sihon, king of the Amorites, which reigned in Heshbon unto the border of the children of Ammon, and Gilead, and the border of the Geshurites, and Machathites, and all Mount Hermon, and all Bashan unto Shalcha. Uh, and we'll stop there, but uh, that is the land that was given to both Reuben and Gad. And uh, this land was divided between them two. Uh, the land mentioned uh, in that passage actually goes, uh, Gad actually goes a little bit north of Jabbok River uh, along the Jordan there. So they actually have a little bit more land north than what the, uh, back in Judges, what the king of the children of Ammon is actually talking about. He, he's stating that he cares about the land south of the Jabbok River and north of the Arnon River. Uh, so in uh, Judges 13 again, we see at the end of verse 13, it says, Now therefore restore those lands again peaceably. Uh, we see that the king, the king is demanding this land back from Israel. Uh, so let's look at uh, Jephthah's response, so starting in verse 14. Judges 11, verse 14. And Jephthah sent messengers again unto the king of the children of Ammon, and said unto him, Thus saith Jephthah, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of Ammon. So Jephthah is attempting to set the record straight here. Uh, he tells the king of Ammon that Israel did not take away the land of Moab or Ammon when they came out of Egypt. Uh, so Jephthah, he's disagreeing with the claims that the king of Ammon is making. Uh, it's interesting, though, at least to me, that back in verse 4, uh, it's, well, let's read that, chapter 11, verse 4. And it came to pass in the process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. So we see that the children of Ammon are making war with the children of Israel. Now in verse 13, it says that the king of Ammon is demanding the land back, but he's stating that Israel needs to do so peaceably, even after they've already begun a war with them. Uh, people that are not close to God always seem to want to fight over things. Uh, we have wicked people here, uh, the people, the children of Ammon, uh, with a wicked king here, and he's uh, going to war against God's people to take back some land. But when uh, Israel might fight back, when it seems that Israel's got a leader and they might fight back in this war, 
Then this king of Ammon is stating that Israel has to give it back peaceably. Uh, he wants it to be peaceful now at this point. Well, they weren't really peaceful themselves, were they? Uh, why did they start fighting and start this war? Why weren't they peaceful about it if they wanted their enemy to be peaceful about it? Uh, this is exactly what is happening in Israel right now. I, I mean today, right now. Uh, if you listen to the news or read some articles, there's a lot of people calling for Israel to be peaceful uh, after they were attacked. Uh, it's the exact same thing happening today that is happening in this passage that we're reading about right now. Uh, we're going uh, to look at this next, and we'll see that Israel tried to be peaceful in the beginning. Uh, if uh, these godless and wicked nations that did not want uh, to be peaceful to God's people and ultimately did not want to accept God's plan, uh, we'll see that Israel tried to be peaceful with them, uh, but they didn't want to accept God's plan. They didn't want to be peaceful themselves. Uh, as part of Jephthah's response, he tells how Israel uh, got to where they are and how they try to be peaceful about it all along. Uh, let's look now at the rest of Jephthah's response, and we'll get some of the history of the land uh, at that time and how they became to uh, acquire it. So look at Judges chapter 11, verse 16. But when Israel came up from Egypt and walked through the wilderness unto the Red Sea and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Edom, saying, Let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. And in like manner they sent unto the king of Moab, but he would not consent. And Israel abode in Kadesh. Then they went along through the wilderness and compassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab and came by the east side of the land of Moab and pitched on the other side of Arnon, but came not within the border of Moab, for Arnon was the border of Moab. So Israel was on a route to get to the promised land, the land that God had already given them. Uh, that's where they're trying to go to, the land that, Ab that God gave to Abraham and all of his descendants. Uh, Israel was in Egypt. And they had to get to this land that God promised them. This means that they would have to, uh, as they followed God's path for them, they would need to go through some other nations to get to their land. Uh, if you check your map, Egypt would actually be off to the bottom left corner on this map. That's down where Egypt would be. Uh, and it mentions that they stopped in Kadesh there. But to go from there... Uh, as they followed where God told them to go, they would need to go to the right of the Dead Sea. They would have to go through Edom and Moab, and then they would cross the Jordan over into the land up uh, north of there. Uh, so you see on the map there, they would need to go through a couple of nations to get to where God wanted them to go. And uh, Israel, they send messengers to Moab and to Edom, to basically ask permission to go through their land. Again, that seems pretty peaceful to me. Uh, they actually uh, went ahead and, and asked for permission to, to walk through this land. Edom's response is in Numbers chapter 20, 
verses 20 and 21, it says, And he said, Thou shalt not go through. And Edom came out against him with much people and with a strong hand. Thus Edom refused to give Israel passage through his border, wherefore Israel turned away from him. Uh, so Edom uh, did not allow them to go through their land. Uh, Moab wasn't any better. Uh, Moab's response in Numbers 22, you can see that Moab, they didn't just say no, uh, but they actually wanted Israel cursed also. Uh, and then in look in verse 18 here in Judges 11, uh, then when they went along through the wilderness, so they went through the wilderness, they didn't go through the towns of Edom or Moab that were there in that land. Uh, it says, and compassed the land of Edom and the land of Moab and came by the east side of the land of Moab and pitched on the other side of Arnon, but came not within the border of Moab, for Arnon was the border of Moab. Uh, so you can see that now Israel goes around Edom and around Moab. The word compass actually means to go around. Uh, they didn't go through, they went around. Uh, they stopped just east of Moab at the Arnon River, which uh, we looked at there on the map. And uh, it's the north border of Moab. So they weren't in the land of Moab. They stayed just outside of it by that river there. Uh, now Israel has to face the Amorites. Look at verse 19. And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, the king of Heshbon. And Israel said unto him, Let us pass, we pray thee, through thy land into my place. But Sihon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. But Sihon gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahaz and fought against Israel. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel. And they smote them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country. Uh, so now we have... Uh, Israel, again, they just simply ask Sihon, king of the Amorites, if they could just simply go through their land, uh, through the, the land that they possess, so that they could get to their own land. Uh, they weren't demanding anything from them. Uh, they weren't asking uh, for their land. They weren't saying, I'm here to take your land. They just wanted to go through it to get to their own place. Uh, look at verse 20 again. But Sihon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. But Sihon gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahaz and fought against Israel. Sihon doesn't just say no here, but he decides that he is going to go to war with Israel. Uh, you can see uh, there is the probable location of Jahaz on the map there, just above the river Arnon. Uh, so you can kind of see where they were to fight against Israel, which were probably real close to the uh, where it says Aor there, just above the Arnon River. Uh, Israel has done nothing wrong here. Israel's not in their land. They just want to simply walk through it. Uh, even though they did nothing wrong yet, and they are now about to find themselves in a war. And, and again, doesn't that seem very familiar? It seems like a story we've already heard. Uh, this happened to Israel on multiple occasions. We already talked about Moab and how that turned out. Uh, here we have the Amorites. Uh, and then think about the, all the other inhabitants 
of the land that Israel possessed. Uh, all they had to do was give Israel the land that belonged to them to begin with. God gave it to them by way of Abraham over 700 years ago. Uh, it was already Israel's land. Uh, but they didn't want to give it to them. They went to war with Israel over this land. Uh, and this is happening even again today. Israel didn't attack anyone. Uh, Israel was just going about their regular day, and they had this horrible terrorist attack. Uh, Israel lost in that attack between 1,000 and 1,500 people. Uh, just depends on where you get your information from. Um, and again, some information is misleading. They lost a lot of people. Uh, and, and if you want to put that in a little bit of a perspective for you, Israel has a population of about nine and a half million people. Uh, the U.S. has a population of over 330 million people. Uh, if you think about the tragedy of 9-11 that took around 3,000 people's lives, you can kind of see the weight of this event there. Uh, and you would have a hard time finding anyone that doesn't agree about how tragic and how terrible 9-11 was and the 3,000 people that we lost during that time. And, and everyone would agree that that was a terrorist act or an act of war, and it was just terrible. Uh, there are people that don't think what happened in Israel uh, was an act of war. Uh, they lost uh, about half as many people as we did on 9-11, but we have 30 times more people than they do. So it was a huge deal. Uh, there are people that are calling for Israel to remain peaceful even though they were attacked. Does that sound familiar? That is what we just read tonight. In verse 13, uh, they are being asked to peaceably give the land over even though Israel was the one being attacked. Uh, it happened uh, back then and it's happening now. And I'm just pointing this out that it's not new to Israel. Uh, people don't like Israel. And I think it's because they are God's people. Uh, people and na nations have been fighting with and going to war with Israel for thousands of years. And it's all because people refuse to accept God's will. And they refuse to accept the plan that God has. And they want to do it their own way. Uh, our own nation had tens of thousands of people protesting against Israel just yesterday. Uh, again, depending on where you get your information, I, the, one article said it was close to 100,000 people just in the D.C. area. Uh, there was hundreds of colleges that had students protesting against Israel just yesterday. Uh, we have politicians that are not willing to support Israel in any way, especially in this war that is against Israel. Our own nation, the USA, is heading down the wrong path. Uh, Genesis 12:3. I'm sure we all know this verse. It says, "And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed." And in Psalms 122, verse 6 says, "Pray for the peace of Jerusalem; they shall prosper that love thee." We need to make sure that we do whatever we can uh, to make sure that God knows we believe in Him. And we accept his plan. And that includes his plan for Israel. Uh, we need for Christians to keep on praying for God's people. And we need to pray for our own nation to support Israel like we should. And we should 
be willing to accept God's plan, and that includes God's plan for Israel and how God wants to bless Israel. Uh, again, we're considering all this tonight because we realize that people do not like and do not support Israel because they do not believe in God or they don't support God's plan. And, and we're going to see how that works out for them. Uh, so in verse 20 here, we have the Amorites going to war against Israel. And, and how does that turn out for them? Look at verse 21. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they smote them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country. And they possessed all the coast of the Amorites from Arnon, even unto Jabbok, and from the wilderness, even unto Jordan. Again, if you look at the map, that is the area of Reuben and Gad there. Uh, Jephthah. Uh, or, or the Amorites, go to war against Israel, and they are defeated. And their land is given, uh, or then is possessed by Israel. And that is because it was God's plan for Israel to be there. And they were not willing to accept God's plan for Israel. Uh, that's why they got defeated. Uh, they could have simply said, yes, walk through our land and go to your place. And everything may have turned out differently. Uh, but they wanted to fight God, and they wanted to fight God's plan, and it did not turn out well for them. Uh, now we see that Jephthah gives God the glory for all of this. Look at verse 23. So now the Lord God of Israel hath dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel. And shouldest thou possess it? Wilt not thou possess that which Chemosh, thy God, giveth thee to possess? So whosoever the Lord our God shall drive out from before us, them will we possess. Uh, so Jephthah here is telling the king of Ammon that it was God that won the battle. It was God that uh, gave them this land. It was God that defeated the enemy and had them possess this land. Uh, this battle was fought because these people fought against God's plan. Uh, Jephthah also says, that they are going to follow God's plan and that if, uh, if, if they want to follow their fake gods, then they can go ahead and do that. Uh, Chemosh is a fake god, a false god. Jephthah is telling them uh, that they can have whatever land their fake god gives them and Israel will take the land that the real god gives them and they will take the land that the one true god who actually created this land gives them. Uh, Jephthah also tells them uh, that they will not give away the land that God told them to take. Uh, they are being asked to give away the land that God is telling them to possess. Uh, this would be going against God's will. God didn't tell them to give away this land. God told them that this was now their land to take and to live in it. Uh, Jephthah then reminds them of uh, Balak and Moab. Look at verse 25. And now art thou anything better than Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever strive against Israel, or did he ever fight against them? Whilst Israel dwelt in Heshbon and her towns, and in Ar and her towns, and all the cities that be along by the coast of Arnon three hundred years, why therefore did ye not recover them within that time? Uh, so this uh, is something that Jephthah is reminding him of some of the past here, 
Uh, and they were just reminded of how God worked uh, for Israel and protected Israel and fought with Israel and fought for Israel and gave Israel land. And, and Jephthah's telling him, uh, you know, think about all of this. Uh, then Jephthah reminds the king of Ammon that he did nothing to get this land back for all these years. And now he's trying to fight with them and get them to peaceably give the land back. Uh, then we see in verse 27 and 28, Jephthah's kind of his closing statement here in this uh, back and forth. Uh, verse 27, Wherefore I have not sinned against thee, but thou doest me wrong to war against me. The Lord, the judge, be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Howbeit the king of the children of Ammon hearkened not unto the words of Jephthah which he sent him. So we have Jephthah, and he's getting the story right first. He's telling him uh, what really happened all this time ago. Uh, the king of Ammon is trying to act like Israel's in the wrong, but when the truth is told, Ammon is in the wrong. Uh, Jephthah wisely says that it is up to God to be the judge. Uh, verse 27, it says, the Lord, the judge. He calls the Lord, the judge, and it says, the Lord, the judge, be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Now, this is something that we all need to realize, and I think that all of us here probably do. Uh, but I have talked to people just in the past week that do not believe this. God is the judge. Uh, God will be sitting on the throne, and there will be books opened, and every single person will be judged. Uh, praise God that there is also a book called the book of life. Uh, and if you accepted Jesus, your name is written in the book of life. And you will not be found guilty. And you will not have to have punishment of eternal death, death in the lake of fire. Uh, Jephthah here, he knew that God is the judge. And I hope that we talk about that a little bit more often. The king of Ammon, he chooses not to listen. Unfortunately, we will meet people that just will not listen. Uh, this is probably the most tragic feeling when trying to tell someone about Jesus. Uh, I've been trying to tell someone recently over the past week or so, and he keeps choosing not to believe. And it really does break my heart that people can listen to everything that Jesus has done for them, and they choose not to believe. But we have to keep trying anyways, and I'll keep trying anyways. Uh, so we see that this has been a battle over the land here. Uh, we look closely at what the current battle is, and we looked at the past battles over the land. Uh, we took a minute to think about the current battle today in the land of Israel, and it's all over the land there. Uh, if we were to look at the future and the prophecy of Israel and I thought about doing that tonight, just didn't have time to put it all together, but uh, we would see the same thing, that God's plan will prevail. Uh, God will always win. If God said it, then it will happen. Uh, Israel was promised this land back in Genesis chapter 13. Uh, it is Israel's land. It will always be Israel's land because God said so. Uh, we need to support and we need to pray for Israel First, because it's the right thing to do. 
Uh, we also need to pray for Israel because God said he would bless those who do so. But one of the most important reasons we should pray for Israel because uh, it is because God is with them. It is God's plan for them to be there. God gave them that land. And we need to, to, to know ourselves and we need to let God know that we agree with God and we agree with God's plan and we accept God's plan. Uh, we need to accept the perfect plan of God, every part of it, uh, every part of God's plan uh, that, in, con, that concerns us or concerns others. Uh, we need to accept that God wants to bless Israel uh, and just and, and maybe God wants to bless others, and we need to accept that just like we accept God's plan and God's will for our own life. Uh, the kings of the nations around Israel did not accept God's plan. That's why they went to war against Israel so much. Uh, they paid greatly for it. Let's make sure that we always accept God's plan. Let's keep praying for Israel, and let's make sure that we give God the praise and glory when he prevails uh, through his people, including us. Amen. Let's pray.